This is the Hofstra Radio Alumni Audio Yearbook. Today is August 25th, 2020. Please tell us your name and the years you were at Hofstra Radio. I'm Al Montag, and I was at Hofstra from 1990 through 1994. And what shows did you host or produce or work on during your time at WRHU? Well, I think I worked on all of them. I know I hosted Good Morning Hofstra for a couple of years. Uh, I started as pretty much everybody does, doing the classics from Hofstra. Uh, did classic jazz 88.7, did rock solid 88.7. The only one I never really did too much was Airwave. It was on past my bedtime, and uh, I never really got too much into doing Airwave. But everything else I did, a little piece of. Did you produce any community shows or do any weekend engineering for community volunteers? Uh, at one time or another, I did. I never really did it on a regular basis. I, I know I engineered Baja's show a couple of times. Uh, I know during a, a lot of the marathons, I was down there. So I was, I was engineering from time to time with that, but not really on a regular basis as far as engineering on the weekends. And what kind of uh, positions uh, or management or titles did you hold at WRHU? Well, I did. Uh, I hosted Good Morning Hofstra for a, a bulk of my time there, so that was kind of my my baby. I, I was continuity manager for a little bit, uh, and then for a summer session, I uh, was station manager for uh, for a couple of months. Okay, so this is a multi question prompt here, and answer it in any order that makes sense to you. But uh, I'd like to know what first brought you to the radio station. And when you got there, first of all, where was the radio station? Uh, what was it like? Do you remember meeting anybody in particular? Do you remember anything about the office or the studio or the facility? What did it smell like? What did it look like? What was what was going on when you first got to WRHU? Uh, well, the smell of super bagels wafting down to the basement of Memorial Hall from Bits and Bites. Uh, that was <laughs> that probably what got me down there, probably what kept me down there. Uh, seriously, I, I got to Hofstra with the goal of becoming a broadcaster, and, and WRHU was my first stop on the campus. I, it was probably during Parents Weekend uh, that I made my way down there and, and just kind of poked around and saw who was there. Uh, it was a, an interesting trip down the stairs. I mean, it really was in the dungeon. I know we affectionately called it that. Uh, and it was really in a dungeon of Memorial Hall. I mean, it had the, the dungeon musty smell. It, uh, it other than the smell of the food from upstairs in the restaurant, uh, it was uh, it was weird because it was kind of like you you went through this cave and then you got to this uh, you know Emerald City kind of thing. It was wow, this is what I've always wanted to do. There's all this cool equipment and there's there's this this power. There's a there's a microphone there that's connected to a transmitter and. And that's a platform that connects you to the you know the tenth biggest market in the in the country. It was pretty amazing. Uh, who did I meet while I was down there? I probably met Peter Elia and Shauna Wharton. I think they were there because I was there during a morning, and, and I know they did Good Morning Hofstra uh, about the time I got there. Uh, there weren't a lot of people there because it was it was summer. It was probably Parents Weekend, uh, very close to the beginning of the semester, but not quite. So. Uh, it was a summer vacation for most people, and there wasn't a lot of people there, but the, the ones who were there were very friendly. I remember seeing Sue Zizza there, uh, and, and she uh, was very welcoming, and it was just, that was that was the beginning of the uh, of the career in radio. 
So you specifically went to Hofstra to get into radio. How did you first hear about Hofstra Radio? Well, I, I have a lot of family on Long Island, so the choices were not many for me for college. I, I had applied to three. I applied to University of Florida. Uh, I applied to Syracuse, and I applied to Hofstra. And I got into all three, so I, I, the choice was, what do I want to do? Well, I, I grew up in Florida. I kind of wanted to get out of Florida. Uh, and Syracuse, the, the winters seemed a little less manageable than the ones on Long Island. So I, I just figured, all right, let's, let's give, uh, Hofstra a chance. And, uh, that was, that was where I ended up, made it home for four years. Was there anything in particular from growing up that made you want to get into radio? Cause it's not the first career that kids think of when they, you know, are growing up but you clearly had this in mind and wanted to do radio. Yeah, I did. It's funny because I, I went to high school in Florida and back in those days, you didn't get to pick your high school. You went to the high school you were zoned for in your neighborhood and that was it. My high school didn't have a radio station. Uh, the high school in the neighboring city did have a radio station. Uh, my best friend growing up went there uh, and he snuck me in one day at uh, WKPX at, uh, at Piper High School in Sunrise, Florida. Uh, I, I was there. He was doing his show, and he said, how would you like to do the weather? I was like, yeah, can I do that? I don't want to get in trouble. Uh, so I did. I did the weather forecast on WKPX. That was my debut broadcast, and, and the rest, as they say, is history. I was kind of hooked after that, and uh, there was no way I was able to go to that high school and and that radio station was restricted to students there. So it was, all right, what are we going to do? Got to go to college and do this for a living. So you arrive on campus, you meet these people, and uh, assuming you had to take engineering and announcing classes to learn how to be on the air at Hofstra Radio. Uh, do you remember anything in particular from those classes, maybe who taught it, people that you were in the class with, things that you learned in those classes that you carried with you through your four years at WRHU? Oh, of course. Uh, Com 21, we learned, uh, you know, basic, basic audio production. Uh, the, I remember the, the first project, uh, it was Jeff Krause, the big booming voice, three, five, seven, one, two. And you had to edit those numbers in the correct order and you had to have the pacing correct, and you had to make it sound like that's the way it was spoken initially, and you did it with a razor blade and a grease pencil, uh, and that skill is still very viable, even though we don't do that anymore. It's the same concept. You just do it with a mouse, but it made me a good editor. Even when I am editing in my current position, I do uh, news at a news talk station in Miami, and when I'm editing in actuality, I still hear in the back of my mind, Sue and, and Jeff, uh, saying, uh, make sure the pacing is right. You know, you don't want to jump cut. You don't want to make it sound unnatural. And, and those skills still uh, hold very true today with, with what we do in, in modern day broadcasting. Uh, the, uh, the announcing class, you know, I still, in the back of my mind, when I'm doing a, a project, when I'm doing a commercial, when I'm doing a newscast, uh, learning how to pronounce complicated names, unconscionable. You know, remember the uh, the class with Jeff Krause and he would come up with these scripts that, that had these, you know, $50 words that you had to read cold in the middle of scripts. 
And, and that's still a skill that, that I use today. Uh, it's the tongue twisters, uh, the, uh, the Theosilus thistle tongue twister. I still practice that every now and then. It's uh, a really good thing to do to kind of get you warmed up for a, a voice session. So you mentioned earlier um, your first time on the air uh, while you were in high school. Do you remember the first time you were on the air or behind the board at WRHU? Were you combo cleared? Were you doing the classics? Were you engineering for someone? Do you remember that first time uh, getting on the air? Oh yes, I was. Uh, I was combo cleared before. I, di- I didn't start with engineering really. I just I got combo cleared uh, pretty quickly. Uh, and Jeff Kraus, he's memorable at every level. He had such a way with words. Uh, he had such a way of inspiring his students with that brash love that he had for us. Um, uh, the funny story, I, I started with the classics from Hofstra. That was uh, the first actual show I did. I, I trained a little bit behind the scenes with the rock show with Joe Romano and you know, learned how to segue records and that kind of thing. But the first actual show I did on the air was the classics from Hofstra. Uh, I remember queued up the first record, opened up the mic and proudly announced how I was kicking off another set of the classics. Turned the mic off, the phone flashed. Uh, I, I thought it might have been one of my adoring listeners, but it was not. It was Jeff Krause. And he said in only the way Jeff could, we don't kick off music sets on the goddamned classics. Quote, unquote. Slammed down the phone. And uh, I learned my lesson from there that uh, you have to kind of know your audience. So I'm guessing, and, and this is your this is your first time on the air at Hofstra Radio? Yeah. This was the first time when they said, go ahead, the show's yours. I had, I had learned how to use the board. I had learned how to queue up a record. And this was the first time I, I sat down and did my own show. So you had a real sense of what you wanted to sound like, what you wanted to do on the radio at this point. You were 18 years old? I was 18. I grew up listening to the the, the CHR Morning Zoo station in Miami. It was, uh, you know, the, the fun kind of zany morning goofballs and and that's that was what I decided I want to do that for a living but can't really do that playing classical music I I learned how to make that connection pretty quickly there's not many people anymore who go through the process of training because you mentioned com 21 is which was a university uh production class for radio for beginning radio production but but we had to go through engineering classes and at the end you'd fill out an application and get your physical FCC license. Yes. Um, do you recall that process at all? Very vaguely. I, I remember we had some classes and I, I remember it was taught by the students. Um, uh, and then we, yes, as you say, we filled out the application and we got the, uh, the FCC license, which uh, these days is a thing of the past, but it was a big uh, milestone back then. You had this card, and man, you were official once you got it. Uh, and, and it was it was a, basically a, a training class on how to run the board, how to segue a record, how to edit tape, how to how to open a mic and and sound like you knew what you were talking about. It was uh, it was really good, and and it was run as you say, and as. I, you know, not by the university, by the students who who are at WRHU, and they were all volunteering, so it was great. I have a very specific memory because we we came in about the same time of taking an announcing class. Uh, it was myself and Mike Prohodka, 
and Denise Hanak and Kathy Wurzberger. Were you in that class? Do you remember I must that? Yeah, I must have been because I was. I came in with all of those people. And uh, I believe Dave Braverman was uh, the teacher for that class. That sounds right. And and the the recollection in talking to some of these other people so far is is the major emphasis on saying W correctly. Yes. Yes, I remember that. Fortunately, that was never a, a crutch of mine. I, I never did the W. Uh, I, I was always always trained to do W, and I, I just always did. And I, I guess I lucked out. I didn't have to climb over that crutch. So I, I'm just curious because you, you're coming in with this philosophy and this experience. So you you mentioned training. Was this was this self training? Was this you listening to the radio and saying I want to do this and practicing, or was there someone who gave you some tips and pointers before Hofstra Radio? I, I kind of self-trained before Hofstra Radio. Um, I, I had always been a fan of radio. And then, as I said, when, when my best friend got the uh, opportunity to be on the air in, at the high school, uh, it was something that I wanted to do. So I just kind of did it at home. I, I had my Radio Shack mixer and I had my two turntables and I used to do radio shows and record them in my bedroom. And I, I kind of honed my craft that way. Of course, I went to college and learned, boy, you need a lot more honing. But uh, it was a, a good jumping off point, I guess, you know, listening to some of the greats in the business who were doing this professionally and and then kind of modeling it on my own and, and creating my own way of doing things. Uh, that was my self-training. And then, of course, the more formal training when I got to Hofstra. So you mentioned some names earlier, uh, Peter Ilya and Suziza and, of course, Jeff Krause and a few other names. Uh, Shauna Wharton. Who were the people who were helpful when you first got to the radio station? Were there people who made you feel comfortable, made you feel welcome, people who uh, gave you some inside knowledge? Or or were there people, since you had an ear and you knew what you wanted to do, were there people that you listened to and said, that's really good, I want to do that? Or were there things that you didn't want to do? What, who were the, the early people who helped you get settled at Hofstra Radio? I think those those people that I mentioned, Peter, I, I was uh, a fan of. I, I heard what he did, and he's, he's very good at what he does. And, and then he went on to do it professionally. Uh, and, and then I ended up hosting Good Morning Hofstra after, uh, after he did. So, yeah, I think he was uh, probably one of my early, you know, I, I don't want to say mentors, but someone I looked up to there. Um, Renee was very, uh, very welcoming, and I watched her do her thing and, and learned from her a little bit. And, yeah, pretty much everybody. I can't say anybody there wasn't welcoming. Is it was a it was such a it was a fraternity that wasn't a fraternity there. Could you talk a little bit more about uh, when Peter was it? Peter and Shauna that hosted the morning show. Peter and Shauna hosted the morning show. Yes. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about maybe things that you heard or things that you were excited about? Did you get on the air as a freshman with them at all, or was that or was it just listening and observing? You know, as a freshman, no, I didn't get on with them at all. Um, I, I listened and I, I honed my craft. I, I did a lot of the later in the day show. So I, I would do the jazz show uh, as a freshman. I did the classics. That was how I started. Did that uh, for a while. Uh, I, I did rock with uh, when Joe Romano was there. Uh, he trained me on the rock show. So I did uh, that every now and then. Had to be careful because, again, the uh, the commercial radio person in me kept jumping out. And I, they would have to guide me back onto, hey, this is college. We don't really want to play the hits. We want to play more of an alternative kind of sound. 
but uh, it was great. I, I did, the, you know, I wanted to do every show because they were all so different. And, and that's a good way to become versatile, do different formats. Do I had never heard classic jazz before I got the Hofstra. I never wasn't, it wasn't even in my wheelhouse. Uh, some of the rock stuff. Yeah. Some of it was, but not the college stuff. I mean, it, it was all just new to me and it was great because it, it was a different venue for, for appreciation of, of different music and, and learning how to uh, learning how to connect with that kind of audience, as opposed to the audience that I was used to the, the people doing radio who were listening, you know, the, the top 40 CHR kind of audience. Uh, it was great to open your, my mind and open my abilities to, to do these different formats. So I really did make an effort to get on every different format. Airwave, I never really got on, so I couldn't stay up that late. That was the thing. So that, that, that brings me back to uh, the idea of the morning show. And you started hosting that as a sophomore in your second year? Probably sophomore, might have been junior. It was sometime in in my mid uh, mid college career. Was there any preparation? Did you have to do a demo? How, what was the process of applying to be the host of the morning show? Because that was really not something that 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 I remember uh, being part of my uh, interest. So, but clearly you wanted that, and and you were very good at it while you did it. Um, what was the process of, of applying for that job? I think it was just that. I think it was just applying. Uh, I don't remember a specific audition process. Uh, it also might've been, I was there for summers too. I, I even though I, I came from Florida and was off campus, you know, student, I wasn't a local, I ended up staying on campus for most summer sessions. So I was in a, a good place at a good time because everybody else had gone home. And the locals were there, but anybody who had traveled from out of town had gone home. So it was it was a much more wide open pond, I guess, for people who wanted to really hone and, and do different things. As I said, I was station manager. I had no management experience. I don't even know if I was very good at it, but I was the only one there. So I got the position and I did it and I learned it and, and that kind of thing. But I think that's really what got me the end doing the... Uh, Good Morning Hofstra show because nobody else was there. Hmm. When did you feel like, I'm, I'm going to guess it was pretty early on, but when did you feel comfortable at the station? When did you feel like, okay, I'm, I, I can spend the next four years or three and a half years doing this at this place? Oh, it was very early on. It was probably immediately. Uh, I don't remember ever feeling uncomfortable after, uh, you know, the, the couple of bumps and scrapes I got when I was, you know, making mistakes on the radio in the very, very beginning. After that, I was very comfortable with it. It was uh, something I just enjoyed right from the start and, and continue to uh, enjoy it to this day so many years later. So I don't, I don't know if there was ever a period of discomfort. We're looking back now and with the, with the benefit of hindsight and experience, but I'd like to, to see if you can step out of that for a second. You've spoken to this a little bit so far, but when you're 18 years old and you're walking in that, that the end of summer, just before September and the semester begins, and you're visiting the station for the first time or seeing the studio for the first time, what did you hope that WRHU would be for you? What, what did 18-year-old Al Montag want and think at that moment? 
well, at that moment, I wanted to be a radio star. Um, I really did. It was it was a dream, and it it, uh, it it came to fruition as soon as I got to Hofstra because I was like, wow, this is really something that I can see myself doing for the next uh, however many years uh, I'm on this earth. Uh, always really had a passion for it. It wasn't something I said, eh, you know, let me check it out and see what it's like. I, that was my uh, my focus from the very beginning. I really wanted to do that, and I made it happen no matter uh, what I had to do to make that happen. I remember in uh, 1993, which was uh, probably my junior year, uh, I got a call from the program director at WBLI, which was uh, a station on Long Island, and it was the program director there who wanted me to start working over there. What do you got? You know, come on over and do it. Uh, and I did. So as a junior, uh, I was already working in professional radio, uh, doing, you know, weekends and overnights and, and that kind of thing. Uh, so it was, it really was a, a very quick springboard from, from, and, and I think, it, it has to do a lot with the fact that WRHU was really run professionally. It, it wasn't like a, a student club. It, it wasn't you know, just kind of a, a place to hang out. It, it was both of those things, but it more than that was a professional facility and it was run by professionals along with the students, but the students were forced to be professionals. It was not a, a game. I mean, you were there, to have fun, but you were there to learn and you were there to produce a product that would appeal to the community. I mean, it was a, a voice in the middle of a, a market with you know, two, three million people. And, and it had a following, of course, you know that you were there as well. Uh, you really wanted to put your best foot forward and you wanted to produce a quality product because people who weren't affiliated with Hofstra were listening to it. It was a public thing. And, and this was your name you were developing. Al, it is always a pleasure to listen to you talk. You, you sound obviously better, but but you've always sounded great, and it's 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 just it's great to let the mic go open and and just just hear you talk. So thank you, thank you for your memories. Thank you for taking the time. This was a lot of fun, and uh, I'd like to do it again sometime. Hopefully, we can. Yeah, no, I I appreciate that. Thanks for the kind words, and yeah, it's been a blast. I, I always I'm I'm a big nostalgia kind of person. So yeah, this is terrific. I, I love uh, going back and thinking about the uh, the old times and gosh, they're really old, aren't they? <laughs> we are definitely getting on the older side. It's true. Well, well, thank you, Al. Let's uh, let's do this again sometime. We'll do.